0: Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. A show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more, so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? go to madronafinancial.com and click get started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade.
1: Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. On today's show, we're going to be discussing the problem with after-tax funds and retirement that many are not talking about. Also, if CPAs could give financial advice, what would they say? My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions But the words of wisdom and solid advice. Come from Brian Evans, CEO and President of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that, Brian. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Brian, as I understand it, in 2025, income taxes are going to be going up, but capital gains rates are expected to stay the same. How does this affect income in retirement?
2: Yeah, there's going to be a, a rollback of a lot of provisions that we've been enjoying for the last couple of years. And whether that's deductions being limited or more taxes on your ordinary income or the estate tax exemption dropping, there's there's going to be a lot of changes coming down the pike. So people need to be aware that the tax code is a changing and it's not for the better. You just mentioned that capital gains rates are staying the same. Well, there's two caveats there. The state of Washington is already 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 passed uh, what I would call an unconstitutional capital gains tax, income tax on capital gains for certain types of assets. You're fine if you're selling an auto dealership though. So I'm I'm glad they got that in there for all of our auto dealership owners. But (laughs) if you have any other business, you're in trouble. But if if you have an auto dealership, (laughs) evidently you made a really nice campaign contribution to somebody. But that's beside the point. There's going to be a lot of changes, and I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by that. They're going to be upset because they're going to say, gosh, because these are when you get calls, when somebody's used to paying a certain amount of tax, and then all of a sudden, you know, we do their tax return. We call them up and say, oh, by the way, you owe a whole bunch more money, and they're, they're like freaking out. What do you mean? I've been doing this for years. You, you messed up my return. No, they changed the tax law. Mm-hmm. Well, why didn't you tell me about that? I mean, you know, I would have known there's something. So I think a lot of people are going to get a really bad surprise. And if you wait too long, you'll forget about it until after the fact. And you go, oh, no, I just got drilled on that. They changed the rules. I said there's two caveats. Mm-hmm. One caveat is that, that the, the rules are changing. The, the law is going to uh, sunset from the Trump tax provisions that, that got passed. And, and that's going to sunset and go away. The other caveat is I don't know who's going to be elected in the next election. I don't know if it's going to get worse because you know you might be going. Well, that sounds bad. What else you got for me, Brian? Well, (laughs) (laughs) we could get more bad stuff passed because you know lately it seems like new legislations and and rule changes are a daily occurrence anymore. And if one party gets in full control, then it could really shift things one way or the other uh, as far as your taxes. I do know that the government keeps borrowing more than they bring in, and they need more money than they did the day before, and the week. Before that and the month before that, they will always till the end of time need more money than they they have coming in. So what does that tell you about the future of tax law changes um, i don 't think it 's real good, especially if you know maybe one party is in control of of making that happen, then it could get a lot worse before it gets a lot better.
1: And Brian, it is inevitable from what I understand that this Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is going to sunset in 2025, no matter who is elected president in a couple of years. Now, you said that it could get worse. So I'm going to ask the big question here. Define worse.
2: Well, yeah, it is at the sunset. So we already know it's getting worse for your, your taxes coming up. We already know that. Could it be worse than that? Well, sure. You know, right now we have checks and balances. If, you know, Senate wants to pass a tax increase, the House would say no to that and it goes away. Whereas, you know, if you had everybody in the same party, one way or the other, tax cut, you know, if you had one party and all three areas, uh, then the tax cut would happen. If you had a tax increase, tax increase could happen. And so that's where I say it could get worse. But the trend would be To raise taxes because we owe more money, Mm -hmm. and they got to find money from somewhere, or they cut programs. Cutting programs is not politically feasible for most politicians. Raising taxes is, and so that's something. Especially when you're raising taxes on somebody isn't the person they're talking to. I'm going to raise taxes on oil. I'm going to raise taxes on corporations. I'm going to raise taxes on people making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. I'm going to raise. Oh, that's not me. Okay, I'm for that. You know, so that's how politics works uh, anymore. But uh, tax increases could be a lot worse than the ones that are already set
1: to happen. So Brian, can you give me an example of how this affects me on a day-to-day basis?
2: Yeah. I, you know, I would say that one of the questions I ask people is, you know, where are you getting your uh, tax planning advice? Who who are you doing this with and so forth? And they, well, I have a CPA or, or I do it myself or whatever. And we're going to talk about this later on the show. What does the CPA see when they look at a tax return? What does an advisor see when they look at a tax return? They're two very different things. And what do we see? But a lot of people, you know, will be looking at it, going, I don't know. I looked at the tax turn, I, I noticed that all the numbers add up, and they computed the right taxable income, and and this is how much I owe, and that's you know, and this is my quarterly estimate. That's all they get out of a tax turn when they get it from their their CPA or do it themselves. They're not really seeing behind that and and having any actionable plans. So really, the the focus should be on what is my actionable plan, knowing that taxes are going to change. And one of the biggest areas is you know. Yeah, I could look at two people and they make almost the same amount of money and one is paying almost twice as much in income tax on new income than the other because they went into the next marginal tax bracket. Now, marginal tax bracket planning is huge because there's so many brackets. There's a 0% bracket, there's a 39% bracket, there's a 22, there's a 12, there's all these different brackets, so every dollar has a different chunk out of it. So if you think about a $100 bill, you know some people are just shaving off 12% of that when they make it. Some people are, are cutting 40% of it off. Mm-hmm. If, if it's capital gains in the state of Washington above a certain amount, it used to be that, oh, it's just capital gains, it's not that bad. Well, now it's like, wait a second, I'm starting to cut into the face of <laughs> of the president here. I, I don't like this when mm-hmm. I cut my $100 bill off for the tax piece. Just kind of a visual for everybody, but everybody has a different cut on their $100 bill or their hundreds of thousands of dollars of bills or whatever, their taxes are based upon this. So that's why this is so important because it's not all the same. It's not homogenous. We don't just take 20% off and, and call it good. Again, it could be zero. A lot of the strategies we talk about on the show, what's my cut of my $100 you know, for each $100 I make? Well, zero, you mm-hmm. don't have any tax on that. Oh, I like that, You know, tax-free? Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. Some people look at, well, my $100 bill, I just cut off Benjamin Franklin's left ear, you know?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and all, all the rest of it went into the, the garbage or to the government or whatever, and, and it's like, mm. oh, I, I don't like that outcome. And so, you know, how does this affect you uh, looking at your tax return? Well, hopefully that visual helps that, that you want to keep more of your money. That seems to be a common theme of people that come to see us. I've never had anybody come to me, Brian, I, I don't think I'm paying enough taxes. Is there <laughs> any way that you could make it so that I pay more in income taxes? I, I will share with you this story. I have so many people come in and they go, well, let me tell you what I want. I understand I have to pay my tax but I don't want to pay any more than I have to I am like, okay well (laughs) you and every single other client I've ever talked to because that you know of course we don't want to pay more in tax than we need to and we want to use the strategies and if it was easy the tax code would be 10 pages Mm -hmm. or one page or whatever but tax code and regulations and interpretations uh, I don't know is it a million page 100,000 pages I don't know what it is it's more than anybody could read and understand in a lifetime I think and that's why you know the complexity of it is so grand that, you know, it's one thing to get it right and CPAs and that's their job. They're, they're to get the, the tax turn right. It's another thing to interpret the results and have actionable plans from those results. So that to me is the, the great opportunity that people are missing out all the time. I mean, I, I could work forever, Jeff. I could have, you know, I could work 100 hours a week if, if I wanted to because there is an unlimited opportunity, I think, for me and the other advisors and CPAs here at uh, Madrona Finance and CPAs to be looking at a tax term from a different lens and saying, what else is here? What are the tax planning opportunities? How can we adjust brackets and, and the interplay between capital gains rates and ordinary income rates, self-employment tax, all these things interplay. There's there's no easy answer to anything because tax term computations are complex. And once you hit different levels, uh, different exemptions and limitations and restrictions kick in, carry forwards and all this other stuff. So we'd like like to put your tax return through a, a plan called Holista plan that we use that pulls all that stuff out, puts it in front of us. But then that's not enough. That's just, okay, you have capital loss carry forward. You have this, you have that. What are you supposed to do with them? And I suppose any listeners going, well, I don't know how to interpret all that stuff. And I don't have this conversation with my CPA. Uh, he just gives me my tax turn and I sign it and I send a check, you know, and, and we're not having that conversation. So that's the conversation that needs to be had. I, I'd love to go into a million specifics, but uh, my brain would explode trying <laughs> trying to talk about all the opportunities from the, the million words of tax code and regulations and so forth that are out there. But I think hopefully I'm communicating the aspect that there is a great opportunity by looking at your tax return from someone that gets it and is looking at it from an investment financial planning perspective, as well as a tax return planning perspective, and not just a tax compliance perspective.
1: Brian, that's some very valuable information, but before we keep going, I want to take just a moment here and invite our listeners to give us a call so they can request their rooted wealth analysis so they can potentially plan and adjust their assets to be more tax efficient throughout retirement. If you're listening right now, you want to minimize your future tax burden, then call 833-673-7373 and request a rooted wealth analysis. That number again is 833-673-7373. Now, it's not going to cost you a dime, but it could be, just what you need to help you achieve your financial goals. You must have at least $500,000 in investable assets to qualify. And those who call who are qualified as a bonus will be sending out Brian's new book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement at no cost. That number one more time, 833-673-7373. That's 833-673-7373. Brian, in lieu of what we've talked about with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expiring in 2025, what can we expect?
2: Yeah, the first thing we know is that tax rates are going to change. And there's two pieces to this. They were pretty tricky about this, I think. The first piece is that we know that tax brackets are changing and the amount that you're paying in the different brackets is changing too and what I mean by that is that if you're making under say a married filing joint under about $83,000 a year there's no change so that it won't affect you but if you're over that then the brackets start creeping up much earlier than they did before and the percentage that you're paying is going up too so the the 22% bracket will become the 25 and the 24 will become the 28 and, and so forth and so on. The 37 Will become 39.6 for ordinary income. And you go, oh gosh, my tax rate's going up. Well, you know, if you're a high earner like the 39.6, you're also going to start paying that $80,000 sooner than you did before. And so not only is the tax bracket going up, Uh, automatically. But the amount of your taxable income that's subject to the highest brackets is going up at the same time. And so that's one example of where this changes. So they're, they're kind of dinging you two different places. My rate's up and where you start that higher rate starts at a lower threshold Uh, across the board. And this is going to happen. This isn't a what if. This is is already set to happen. So that's an example of one of the changes that we'll be seeing just in your tax rate and computing uh, taxes on ordinary income.
1: So Brian, if it is inevitable that these tax brackets are going to be changing, is it also inevitable that you're just going to be paying more taxes or are you already looking at strategies to help minimize taxes considering these new laws?
2: Yeah, there are certainly strategies, but really the bigger question is what do you want? And how much of of good things do you want? Where's your priorities? Because when we get down to it, we've talked about this on the show before, there are five things that your money can do for you. And we want all five, but some people get too laser focused sometimes. So I'm talking about taxes. Maybe you're fired up and go, I don't want to pay any taxes, tax, tax, tax. And it's like, well, if you don't make any money, you don't pay tax. But that's not a good thing because I want you to have cash flow in your entire you know, I know how, how you can cut your taxes to zero. Just quit working and <laughs> don't make any money. <laughs> yeah. Don't collect rents from your renters. Don't cash your social security, you know, whatever. That's silly because there are other objectives we want to accomplish. So one of the chapters of one of my books is called Don't Let the Tax Tail Wag the Dog, meaning don't plan your taxes first and then your life around your taxes, okay? Do it the other way around. So when people come in, I mentioned there's five things that they want. And the primary one that I have, you know, I've been doing this a while. People in retirement or preparing for retirement want cash flow. They want to live. They want to be able to spend money and have the life they want to live. It's called lifestyle planning. And so cash flow is their primary objective, usually. The next objective might be security. It's like, oh, I made my money. I worked all those years. I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to screw it up. I feel like I have enough to make it, so I want to make sure I have enough security. Great. So we got cash flow security. What's the third one? Growth. I don't want to forget growing my assets. I don't want to put it all at risk. I think security might be more important than growth, but cash flow is king. And so that's my third objective. What's your fourth objective? Liquidity. I need to have access to money in case something happens and I need to spend it on something. And then once you figure it out, your objectives, and you have that all done, this is what we go through with everybody. Once we know the priority, the order, the importance of each of these objectives, then we can provide a tax strategy around that. Again, don't put the tax strategy before your cash flow strategy or your security strategy and so forth. Make it part of the analysis, but it usually kind of follows. But don't ignore it because there's again great opportunity there. But again, I'll, let me re- reiterate the five things that we want from our investments we want cash flow, protection, security, growth, liquidity, and tax savings in a tax efficient manner to provide all those things in the priority that it is for you.
1: Brian, how would you treat someone differently who just wants cash flow and security versus growth in their investments?
2: Oh yeah, then we start getting into all the different investment vehicles that we have. There's certain markets we can invest in, and we'll be talking about that more on the show. There's the cash and cash equivalence market, bond market, stock market, real estate investments, insurance company products, and alternative investments. So if somebody says they want cash flow, immediately my brain starts going to, okay, I know what does well in that regard and what does not do well in that regard. So for instance, the S&P 500, the average dividend yield under two percent and the average advisor charges between one and two percent so there's not a lot left for cash flow after that's done so that is not my go-to Whereas if they said I want a growth portfolio, my first thought is I go to equities, real estate, private equity, alternative investments, those kinds of things. But if they want cash flow, I'm thinking, oh, okay, uh, guaranteed lifetime annuity, universal life policy, maybe private non-traded equity REITs, debt instruments that pay a high yield, that kind of thing. So my brain immediately goes to different product solutions for that. But then, of course, we also want to look at the rest of their portfolio. What's your exit strategy for your Real estate. What about your pensions and and Social Security optimization? When do you plan on taking that? What does that look like? How much do you spend? You know, how much does it cost to be you? You know, financial planning is real easy when you bring me millions of dollars and say, "I spend a thousand a month on myself. I'm a miser." I'm like, oh, okay, this is easy. I can make this work pretty easy. But if you come to me and say, "We want to spend two hundred thousand a year in retirement," I say, "Great. Let's plan for what that looks like." But uh, now I got to really focus on cash flow in this example if that's what they're wanting to do. So every everybody's different. And certainly we have different products. We're not really concerned about which products we use in the final analysis. We're not an annuity sales shop. We're not a stock market shop. We're not a real estate shop. We we can do any of that stuff. We just want to use the right tools for the job. And so uh, we have access to all these different tools to do the different jobs and we use different tools for different objectives. But, you know, we have a lot of questions back and forth. We get to know you, go through the seven steps to successful retirement to determine kind of where you're at as far as those five things that money can do for you again to reiterate your investments can provide cash flow protection growth liquidity and they can be tax efficient or not and we want to get all five of those right as it relates to you
1: okay brian so you've got cash flow under control here how do you handle the different tax types
2: Yeah. So when I'm looking at when we're looking at the cash flow from a retirement plan and starting to adjust that, there are some things that may not be evident because you might be going, well, let's see, I've got some qualified accounts, meaning IRA or 401k type. I know when I take money out of those, I pay income tax on all of it. I've got some Roth accounts. I know when I take money out of that, I don't pay any tax on that. And then I have what's called after tax accounts. And a lot of people assume, well, I don't have to pay tax on that again because I already have. Well, let's back the train up here a little bit, because what if your after-tax investments are in stocks, and you've owned stocks for a long time, they have big gains. So we might be looking at a 23.8% capital gain for federal, another 7% for the state of Washington. You might have real estate, you've depreciated down to almost zero. So when you sell that, you'll pay tax on virtually all of the proceeds as taxable income you might have a business on there you started it in your garage once your cost basis is zero (laughs) when you sell it you're going to get drilled on taxes you might have different kinds of taxes based upon whether you're selling goodwill of the business or a non-compete or or whatever it is and now you're looking at going wait a second my supposed after-tax investments are all gonna get drilled when I sell those. So I have to compute that as part of my analysis. You know, if, you, if it's all in a bank account, then you don't have that problem. So we have to look at what's pre-tax, what's tax-free, what's after-tax. If it is after-tax, is it gonna be taxed? Do you have capital gains embedded in there or do you have income embedded in there? What are the different attributes of that? So there's a lot of hidden stuff here. I'm just looking initially at somebody's assets. So when we do the cash flow plan, we got to figure out where this is coming from and what is the tax aspect of that, especially if we're drawing on principle, you know, and, and so forth out of after tax accounts, you know, what are the capital gains implications of all of that and so forth. So the tax computation of a financial plan is uniquely important and something we, we do actually look at when we're preparing analysis for the future future of somebody's financial plan.
1: Brian, for all those people who are listening to us today and are looking to minimize their future tax burden so they can potentially pay less taxes and have more money to spend, this message is for you. I want you to dial 833-673-7373 right now and request your rooted wealth analysis at no cost. You must have at least $500,000 of investable assets to qualify. When you call, you're going to get a friendly voice on the other end of the line who will gather some basic information so that your local trusted Madrona Financial advisor from Madrona Financial and CPAs will be able to call you back early next week. Now, this analysis is an open conversation intended to help you uncover financial blind spots or what we like to call shallow roots and help you discover potential solutions so that you can retire and protect your lifestyle from possible future tax increases. Remember, even the mightiest of trees can fall if their roots aren't deep enough. That's why the Rooted Wealth Analysis is so very, very important. We can help you grow deeper financial roots so that you're better prepared for future financial storms. And as a bonus, Qualified to will receive a copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement at no cost. Call Madrona Financial and CPAs right now and request your Rooted Wealth Analysis. That number, 833-673-7373. That's 833-673-7373. One call can make all the difference.
2: Jeff, that reminds me of a story. I, I remember this long-term CPA client came in and owned a business, and it was during a rough times, and it was construction, and and had a had a big loss projected for that year, and he was kind of lamenting that. He said, well, at least I don't pay any taxes, but gosh, I wish I didn't have that. And then it was like, hmm, you have an old 401k plan, right? You know, yeah, I have that. And uh, how about we we look at doing a Roth conversion? He said, what do you mean? I said, well. What if we converted $100,000 from your IRA to your Roth? And showing that as taxable income, which is offset by your net operating loss, which means you pay no income tax. So we just converted a hundred thousand dollars at the zero percent bracket. That's going to grow tax free for the rest of your life. How does that sound? He said that sounds pretty darn good, Brian. What else you got for me? You know that was that was a fun one. But uh, you know these are just things that that can come up when talking to somebody about their taxes.
1: That's a good story, Brian. I want our listeners to call right now though and request their rooted wealth analysis. Do it today. Don't wait until it's too late. Just pick up your phone and dial 833-673-7373 so you can see what a comprehensive financial plan that's designed to sustain your quality of life for 30 plus years looks like. That number once again is 833-673-7373. If you're just joining us, this is Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. My name is Jeff Shade and we just finished discussing the problem with after-tax funds in retirement that many are not talking about. If you want to hear the show again, don't worry, we are a podcast just go to wherever you get your podcast and search for Growing the Wealth with Brian Evans. You'll get this show and weekly takeaways so that you can stay on top of your wealth and how to grow it. We're gonna take a quick break, Brian. When we come back, we'll be discussing if CPAs could give financial advice, what would they say? Stay tuned.
0: Growing Your Wealth will be right back with even more ways to help sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Tired of only getting half the story? That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now, let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. In this segment, we're
1: going to be talking about what CPAs would say if they were giving financial advice. And Brian, that is an interesting question because I know early on in your career as a CPA, you were asked, what advice can you give me about my financial? situation. And that really was a seed that got planted. Can you tell us that story?
2: Yeah. The reason I brought up this question is because this used to be me. And for years and years, I got to be the frustrated CPA. I'd prepare tax returns. I was talking to clients. They want to talk to me about their investments and, and get my advice. And I'd always have to, well, I can't give specific investment advice. I'm not licensed as a financial advisor. And I hated that. And then I saw financial advisors giving advice and their advice was to buy the product I'm selling, basically, <laughs> was their advice. i I was like, oh, man, I hate this. I wish I could say something. So I was working with a client, you know, partner of a CPA firm, never even thought about being an investment advisor ever. And they were selling their business. And I was helping them negotiate that and, and get the right deal and, and get the right tax treatment. That was huge. I mean, we're getting it so that it was all capital gains and not ordinary income like the buyers wanted and so forth. And it came out great. And he got the end. He says, yeah, I would like to you to invest my money. And I said, well, I can't invest your money, I'm not licensed as a financial advisor. And my client just looked at me and goes, well, Brian, get licensed. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? No, 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 it's not that easy. Why not? I was like, huh. So I thought about it and I thought about it and I was like, I need to do this. And so I literally drove to the state of Washington, Secretary of State, and uh, Finance Division and so forth. I said, how do I start this business? And they're like, looking at me like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, you guys are going to audit me. So I might as well just sure. get it right from the horse's mouth. And they're like, we have never had anybody do this before. So I did my research. I started the business. And it's funny, a few years later, uh, I'm trying to figure out a name for the business. I'm sitting on, on a deck and I am on Madrona Way mm-hmm. on Whidbey Island. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting underneath the Madrona tree. I'm looking up the sky. What should I name this? What should I name this? What should I name this? I'm looking at this beautiful Madrona tree. I'm like, oh, duh. I'll just call it Madrona Financial. So there that, you go. That's just the. I'd like to say I spent years and years researching how to be the best financial advisor ever, and that's what it, my dream was as a child growing up and through college. It wasn't. I just had a client go, "Well, get licensed, dummy." You know, so <laughs> it's like, okay, I did. And fast forward, you know, now we're managing you know three quarters of a billion dollars, right. and, and I'm glad he challenged me because I do like a challenge.
1: That's a great story, Brian. That was the seed that was planted that grew this Madrona tree. And uh, as you said, I mean, that was really a fateful decision because look how far you've come. Brian, what was it like before you got your financial advisor license and people were asked to give advice that they weren't qualified to give?
2: Yeah, when you go back through the seven steps, I mean, certainly if I put my only CPA hat back on and what I would be thinking at the time, when we talk about a lifestyle plan, often we talk about what does it cost to be you and where is that money going to come from to cover that cost? Where are you going to get your cash flow? What does that look like? So a CPA might look at that situation and go, all right, we don't want to trigger taxable income. So I don't want to pull anything from these deferred annuities because it comes off as taxable interest first for non qualified annuities. And I don't want to maybe turn on some. Social Security, because some of that's taxable, and I want to delay things, and I want to just Cut down taxes so that the CPA perspective is it seems to always be let's see how we can cut taxes by cutting your lifestyle. And you might be looking, could you spend less and that way you don't have to take as much out of your investments so that you don't have to pay as much tax? That might be a focus. And you know, I don't like that focus, frankly. Whereas a financial advisor might look at the situation and go, oh, well, I, maybe I want you to spend more or, or not, and maybe they want you to save money so they have more to invest. So often, financial advisors are looking at it from a, what's in it for me right. how do i make money off of this and what things could i do on your cash flow so they might look at your cash flow and go well i see that you're making you know a couple percent on your real estate here on your rentals and inside their head they might be going well i can't get paid on this it's real estate i can't do anything with that they haven't heard of a dst or for 1031 exchanges or anything like that so they convince them to sell them i know so many advisors that you know I, i'll ask well what'd your advisor say about your real estate portfolio well they said to sell it Of course Mm. they did. I I hear this over and over as a CPA. Every financial advisor says, get out of real estate. It's terrible. Put it all in the market. I'm like, well, how'd that work out for you in 2000, 2001, 2003, 2008, 2020, whatever? Not so well, maybe. So that is not the end all be all. But, you know, follow the money. I always say follow the money. So the the financial advisor might look at cash flow very differently and not be concerned about the taxes. Because the first thing I'm going to tell you is if they're given a cash flow plan, you ask them, what's my tax? Tax is going to be. They're looking at what do you mean. <laughs> I don't do tax planning. I, I don't have a tax program to put in all of your information and compute that out for you and tell you what your taxes will be from all the various sources when they're all combined and, and all that's done. So, again, we had two very different looks just from the first step, which is the lifestyle plan. Uh, the difference between a CPA that historically, uh, you know, I've been a CPA without being a financial advisor in my past. I know. That we weren't equipped, we weren't trained in how to do that, and the perspective is just how do we get your taxes down?
1: So, Brian, once the lifestyle plan is set, what do you do next?
2: Well, then you know we might look at the, let's say their uh, growth was was next on their priority list, and so an investment advisor would look at growth, and and maybe the strip mall advisor would say, all right, let's put it all in aggressive equities. We'll put it all in the stock market, and that's our growth plan. Maybe a CPA might you know look at it very differently uh, they might be thinking about estate taxes so how will this growth plan affect your state estate taxes and, and gifting and so forth so that that comes later as some of the other uh, seven of the seven steps but the, they'll be looking at more from how much tax are you going to pay on your growth plan not so much the investments because they're not trained in or licensed in giving investment advice now a big part of the, anybody's growth plan that that i run into pretty much is not just the stock market and that's you know what the financial advisor is going to focus focus on typically if they're selling annuities they're they're saying well you don't need as much growth you just want protected growth so that's that's the next step so they'll maybe try and sway you a different direction but much of the net worth the wealth of people that I run into was created through real estate and their businesses hmm. and that is not something anybody's really talking about in depth when you're going to the big box financial advisor, the strip mall advisor they're not experts in business succession, sole providers, LLCs S-Corps, all that kind of stuff, real estate, rental real estate, alternative strategies, uh, 1031 exchanges, all that kind of thing. That is not their thing. Yet, that is where a lot of the value, uh, I mean, think about it. We weren't born with a bunch of stocks and we made all our money in the stock market, most of us. Mm -hmm. Most of us made it through our work, our profession, and our real estate. And we created it in order to buy maybe some stocks later in life. But that wasn't the nexus of our growth plan. And so I I just don't see really CPAs or financial advisors looking at the, the growth aspect from a holistic standpoint.
1: So, Brian, when a CPA designs a protection plan, what typically do you think that they would do?
2: Well, again, that's that's not really something that they do. When I think of protection plan, with, when it comes to your finances and, and so forth, um, annuities can play a big part in that. Most CPAs couldn't give a five-minute discussion on annuities and what they do or don't do and, and much about them. It's just not what they're trained in. For a financial advisor, there's, there's basically two areas they'll look at. If they're selling stocks and bonds, they're going to say add more bonds. If they're selling annuities, they're going to say add more annuities, and that's your protection plan. And to us, it goes so much deeper than that. It's a combination of many different things, and so we would look at that from a very different perspective. As far as what does a protection plan look like, we're going to look at making sure you have umbrella insurance policies. We're going to look at the interplay between your growth assets, your uh, cash flow assets, your protected growth assets. How we can get alternative investments that are non-correlated to one another, so that in all markets you you have real protection. Because, uh, for instance, I, I mentioned the uh, you know add more bonds bonds well adding more bonds didn't help you in 2022 bonds got nailed when interest rates went up the stock market got nailed when interest rates went up so how much protection do you feel like you had after 2022 when you're 60 40 80 20 50 50 I don't care what it is stock bond split you probably don't feel real protected right now and you might be going yeah that did not feel good I did not have a protection plan even though I was told I did and so that's where a lot of people I'm meeting right now that is exactly the topic we're
1: talking about Brian, what would the typical CPA do when creating a tax plan that a CPA and advisor may do differently?
2: Yeah, with a tax plan, certainly a a CPA is going to look at minimizing taxes. That's, That's going to be what they're looking to do. And sometimes that flies in the face of growing your assets or increasing your cash flow because those could be taxable events. And so that could fly in the face of that. Most financial advisors won't even talk about a tax plan. The CPA is going to focus on your tax return, generally for accuracy, and then some tax planning, you know, tips and so forth, and, and answer any questions related to that. But not as they relate to overall investing to hit what your objectives are. That's not what they do. They don't ask. You know, if, if you have a CPA, no knock on CPAs, they're not supposed to. They're not going to get an inventory of all of your assets and your cash flow for the rest of your life and put it through a financial plan. That's just not what they're supposed to be doing. And without that, you don't have a financial plan. So if your advisor isn't talking about taxes at all, because they're not qualified to do that, and your CPA is not supposed to be doing that, then nobody's really doing that. And so that's why I think it's really imperative that the financial advisor you're using also have the CPA background or access to that so that they can be worked in together.
1: Brian, healthcare, of course, is a big expense in retirement. And this sort of feels like an insurance salesperson's issue here. How would a CPA and an advisor handle that?
2: Yeah, it is something you go through. If we're talking like long-term care, because that's certainly there's there's decisions about Medicare and, and what to take there. But I think the focus might be on long-term care here, and a financial advisor can look at this and say, "All right, we know what kind of cash flow we're going to have. Can we self fund long-term care and all that?" They should be able to do that, and that financial advisor should be insurance licensed, so that if there is a need for that, they can provide that. Most CPAs I met don't like insurance agents and financial advisors. There's not a lot of trust and respect back and forth between these different categories of professionals. So that can be a problem sometime. I know most CPAs I've ever heard, oh, I don't like long-term care, it's too expensive. Well, have you ever heard of asset-based long-term care where your heirs can get virtually all of the premium back if you don't use it and they're like, What's that? Well, maybe you shouldn't have such a strong opinion about it when you don't know the alternatives. And so I would say that a lot of financial advisors can do a a decent job at looking at the healthcare thing. I I just don't think the CPAs generally have access to the product knowledge of that. And this is more of a product knowledge kind of thing than is a tax planning thing.
1: Brian, when it comes to charitable gifting, how do typically financial professionals handle that issue?
2: Yeah, with the gift part of the seven steps, that can be charitable gifting, it'd be gifting to family, to kids, that kind of thing too. There's a lot that goes into that. It's it's more than just, you know, as a CPA, you know, I'd memorized, okay, here's your annual gift exclusion. This is when you need to file a form 709, et cetera, for gift tax return. And I knew the numbers and all that stuff. But really when you get that down to it, it's like, what is your goal? What's your objective? Because I've had people talk to me about their, their kids and, and sometimes giving money to kids is a good idea. Sometimes is not i mean it depends what they're using it for and and a lot of people think that they're limited to a certain amount per year and like no you're not you can give as much as you want it may it may eat into your lifetime exclusion but if we do your estate tax planning right that doesn't even matter all we have is a little tax return to file and, and that's it there's nobody pays any tax and I'm like really how come nobody told me this but the big one is yeah on charitable. you asked me about that jeff and and there are so many ways to give charitably and people's eyes glaze over when i start you know <laughs> nerding out on, you know, giving direct required minimum distributions at 70 and a half or charitable remainder unit trust or charitable remainder annuity trust mm-hmm. or donor advised funds and donated appreciated stock on and on. There's all these tax advantages, potential uh, to charitable gifting strategies that you've done when you feel like you have enough money for yourself. You know, you put the oxygen on yourself first and then everybody around you next. So once you, once you know you're taken care of and you've done the financial plan, you've done the tax plan, you've done all the income plan and the growth plan security plan you've got all that in place now we can start talking about what does a gifting plan look like to you how do you want to affect your charities and how can we do that in a tax efficient manner and there's not a lot of people out there that can really have that discussion Um, i'm recording a webinar just on that from a church right now i want to help them be able to help people give money and have more go to the church and get more benefit from it and less go to taxes of course and that's what this is about
1: brian how would a cpa create a legacy plan
2: I think most CPA, when I was, you know, just being a CPA, that was about computing how much estate tax is going to be, uh, whether it's the state of Washington or the Fed. And so really it was about that. And maybe I would talk to them about the credit shelter trust provision to double that exemption amount in their will or living trust. As an advisor, I think most advisors I talk to kind of stay away from that. It's estate planning. Maybe they'll say, consult your CPA, consult your estate planning attorney. And you might go, I don't have an estate planning attorney, so how can I consult them. I don't know. And my CPA is more 1040 focused and not so much estate planning focused. Mm-hmm. And certainly the CPAs don't necessarily know the products that are out there to help with this or some of the strategies, whether it's irrevocable life insurance trusts or universal life or premium finance or different things that are out there. So it's a broad area. This is where you might bring in, you know, certainly bring in an estate attorney to help with that. But even estate attorneys don't always have access to product knowledge of what's out there. So working together, if you've got the a financial advisor who's insurance licensed, who has access to a CPA firm working with your estate planning attorney, that's where you're going to get the best result. And when all we're talking about is your entire life, you know, everything that you've ever worked for and all the people you're going to leave behind, I think it's kind of an important uh, aspect to get right. I, I would assume most people yeah. would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's everything you've ever had and everything you have left to leave it to all the people in your life. Now, if you love paying taxes, just don't do anything. Just let whatever happens, happens. And some people do that. They're like, ah, I'll, I'll be dead. What do I care? Okay, well, yeah. that's one way of looking at it. Most of my clients don't think that way. So they, they want that legacy plan done right. And it is very complicated to get it right sometimes, but it's worth it. You know, if, if something's important, sometimes it's worth putting in that effort and getting the right people in the room or, or working on it, the right eyes on it
1: uh, to get it right. So Brian, once your team of advisors and CPAs have covered these seven steps to a successful retirement with a client, what happens next? I mean, how do you get started with all this?
2: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think about on this is, gee, why wouldn't somebody do it? Why wouldn't somebody go through the seven steps to successful retirement? I mean, rather than the one step to an unsuccessful retirement or whatever another program might might say. right. You know, because as I think about it, we're trying to add value and real value not just uh, words and real value to me is you know obviously getting those seven steps right is, is hugely important how much extra does someone have to pay to get that from us versus what they might get from somebody that doesn't offer that well, that'd be nothing more. I mean, we both charge our, our fees and maybe ours are a little less, maybe they're not, I don't know, it depends on who you're talking to, but significant difference is not gonna be in the fee structure between uh, one advisory firm and another, most are in, in a range. And so, if that being the same, then you're going, well, wait a second, shouldn't I get all of this stuff? I would love to have everything, you know, looked at and done right uh, on all the aspects of my life. I I would think that that is pretty obvious uh, from my standpoint, uh, hopefully it is to our listeners too, that they would want to move forward. Because the next steps are, you know, once we've got all this information and you've decided, yes, what you offer is something I need, I feel you're competent to do it and feel like you want to work with us, then you can make that decision to say, yes, uh, I definitely want this for me, my family, my spouse, my, my heirs, my life. Style, all that stuff. And you say, yeah, we want that. And so the next steps would be, we would prepare a full on financial plan for you looking at your lifetime and, and everything as as we're moving money over. You'll notice the one thing I haven't said is we don't start talking product. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when I talk to a prospect, I said, well, you met with some other people. What was your takeaway? And they said, well, I knew everything they were selling in the first 10 minutes mm-hmm. and they wanted me to buy it. I was <laughs> like, okay, well, that's probably the last thing we're going to talk about because in, in the end, product's actually one of the easier parts of our job. Once we know where your priorities are, cash flow, growth, security, liquidity, tax savings, and we know you and, and we've done a financial plan, we can see where the holes are that need to be filled and so forth, where you're over, where you're under and all that, putting in the product because we have access to virtually everything. That's kind of the easy part. And that should be the last part, not the first part. That's not what you're leading with. I don't want the product tail to wag the dog here because right. you know, that doesn't make any sense. And so I think it might be uh, something people need to hear that, oh, you mean you're not going to get me in the office and start hammering me to buy some whatever you're selling in the first 10 minutes? No, <laughs> we're not going to do it to you. So we're, we're going to get to know you, get to know all that stuff, then do the financial plan. And then it will be, discussions about all right how do we accomplish that goal with the tools that we have in our toolbox as far as a product placement and then of course uh, we can take it from there and answer all your questions we don't have to tell you to consult eight different people that mm-hmm. aren't in the room you know we, we can handle that stuff from there
1: So that sounds like a conversation that we've had before. The first step is to find out, as you said, in the lifestyle plan is how much does it cost to be you? And really, sometimes that's just a psychological delving into there to figure out your wants, your needs, your hopes, your goals and desires. And once we figure out what it costs to be you, then we've got to have a product that really fits in terms of providing that income. Brian, I know that you have a lot of great stories that you have encountered in your years of doing this. Can you give me an example of what a CPA sees on a Schedule E versus what an advisor sees?
2: Yeah, in my experience, and I'm going to add uh, versus what a client might see. So when we look at a Schedule lead, what is a Schedule uh, Page one uh, has your, your rentals, basically. And so you might have raw land on the investment real estate, and you might have raw land on there, you might have a rental. And so a, a CPA is focused on getting that, that form right. They want to make sure all the expenses are there. So they might be looking at that and going, oh, I don't see mileage expenses. And I think you drove to work on your rental a few times. So we're missing mileage expenses. And oh, where's the where's the insurance expense? Oh, I got to find that. Mm-hmm. So, they're looking for accuracy of that return. Financial advisors I've talked to, I'm a national coach, and I've gotten in front of them saying, you know, you're, you're missing a big opportunity here. There's a lot of real estate that your clients own. How many of your clients own real estate? And maybe a couple hands go up. And I go, wow, you mean I'm the only advisor in the country that has clients that own real estate? I've done nearly $200 million of Delaware Statutory Trust using 1031 exchanges. And I got a room of 300 financial advisory firm owners, and about 10 of you even think you have clients that own real estate? state? No, you're just not asking because what they're seeing is assets they can't manage really. I mean, that's what it came down to. They're like, well, I don't really talk about real estate because I can't help them with that. You know, I can't manage those. I, I can only manage stock market or annuities or whatever, or bond markets. I'm like, okay. So that's to me what, what I've seen. And then a lot of my clients, what they see is they don't do the computation, but they think they're making eight, 10% on their rentals and cash flow. And I, I assure you, we have a different way of looking at it. So we look at it a different way. We look at those schedules and, and I see raw land and the, what I see is something. That's hurting your retirement potentially because it's taking money out for property taxes and insurance and adding nothing to your cash flow. I might look at a rental and do a computation and see what's your net income, add back depreciation, divide it by the fair market value, and say, well, you're really making one or 2% on this. You thought you are making eight or 10. You're not. How would you like to increase your cash flow and not pay any tax and be more diversified with a 1031 exchange into a Delaware Cetrary Trust? So, you know, that's an example of we're seeing some things that other people aren't seeing. Everybody has a different perspective. I like our perspective. (laughs) We're getting the numbers right. We're looking at your lifestyle plan, how to make your life better, how to make your taxes better, how to improve your life where as opposed to other perspectives that might be looking at the same form that we're looking at.
1: Brian, with all that we have talked about today, why do you start with a rooted wealth analysis?
2: Well, that's a great question because really it's about your entire life. It's not about a product sale. It's not about preparing a a return right or something like that. It's it's so much broader. We want to help you get your whole life right. And as I think about the seven steps to successful retirement, how do we get paid? Well, we get paid to manage money. And so if we're managing money, then okay. But a lot of the steps have nothing to do with managing money. So why do we do that? Well, because we want to get it right. Uh, I don't get paid extra to give you a, a charitable gifting strategy. In fact, I think I'd take a pay cut because we're gonna take assets out of money I'm investing so that it goes to the charity of your choice in a tax efficient manner. I just worked really hard to make sure I make less money. I mean. <laughs> but I want to get that right. So how do I make money on an estate plan? I, I don't. We don't charge for estate planning or gift planning to your kids. Again, I'm taking a pay cut probably if if you're getting your, your tax plan right. Uh, we're not sending you bills from my CPA firm to get that right. Uh, so a lot of this stuff has nothing to do. And it's important because you know I, I think that the industry has a, a lot of mistrust because like I said, a lot of people start talking about their, their products in 10 minutes and you, go, well, you don't even know me yet. Why are you trying to sell me something? Something. And that's not what we're going to do because we want to get it right. And whether we're getting paid or, or, or not, uh, we might be focusing on, on things that we don't get paid on uh, more than the stuff we do. Because the product, as I mentioned earlier, is kind of the easy part once we get to know you. And so we always look at the detriments first of investments, why you wouldn't do a particular investment. What are the negatives? There's always negatives and there's always positives. So we'll weigh those out. We'll be honest with you. We want to earn your trust and respect and work with you in that way. So you can't can't do that without going through what we call the rooted wealth analysis, where we're looking at all aspects of your life and trying to get all of it right in your retirement as it relates to your finances. And so we really feel strongly that that we've got such a good way of going about it to get it done right as best we can, but you don't know what you haven't asked. And so we have to ask all these questions so we can know and bring it up, bring it to the light and take a look at all these what ifs and all these aspects of what's important to you and your retirement plan.
1: Brian, for all of our listeners who have joined us today and are looking to see how a team of advisors and CPAs may be able to enhance your retirement lifestyle now or in the near future so that you can enjoy yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years, I want you to listen up because this is for you. I want you to dial 833-673-7373 right now and request your rooted wealth analysis at no cost. You must have at least $500,000 of investable assets to qualify. When you call, you'll get a friendly voice in the other line who will gather some basic information so that with your local trusted Madrona advisor from Madrona Financial and CPAs will be able to call you back early next week. Now, this analysis is an open conversation intended to help you uncover financial blind spots or what we like to call shallow roots and help you discover potential solutions to minimize your taxes while increasing your overall quality of life. Remember, even the mightiest of trees can fall if their roots aren't deep enough. That's why the Rooted Wealth Analysis is so very important. We can help you grow deep financial roots so that you're better prepared for future financial storms. And as a bonus, qualified callers will receive a copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement at No Cost. So call Madrona Financial and CPAs right now and request your rooted wealth analysis. That number once again, 833-673-7373. That's 833-673-7373. One call can make all the difference. Brian, in your years of being a financial advisor and a CPA, have you ever had a client that seemed like they were walking in molasses or quicksand coming into your office, and then after speaking with you, it was a whole different view or look on life?
2: Well, Jeff, I think a better question would be: Have I ever had anybody that wasn't? That, that because <laughs> yeah. that is so common. Right. I mean, right. I, I work with stuff that people don't necessarily like to talk about. You know, am I going to be able to retire? Let's see, we do taxes. We do you know death and taxes, right. estate planning. Right. You know. We've gone through maybe the plan, and most of the time, by the end of it, they are so relieved right. and they're so thrilled. They're going, "You mean, just tell me, I can retire now, and I'll have that much to spend each year? I can't spend that much." they go, are you sure? I said, well, what are these numbers that we're looking at together are wrong? And none of them. And they're like, oh, I was thinking I was going to have to work all these years. I didn't think we'd have any money. I thought I screwed things up. And I didn't know about these other ways to solve for things that I was really worried about. So most of the time we see a a real conversion from the beginning of the process to the end of the process. I've never had anybody say, I wish I'd never gone through that process of figuring out um, seven roots of my financial (laughs) plan so that I have a successful retirement. Boy, what a waste of time that way. I've never heard
1: that. Thanks, Brian, for that story. So I want our listeners to call now and request your rooted wealth analysis today. Don't wait until it's too late. Just pick up the phone and dial 833-673-7373 so you can see what a comprehensive financial plan that is designed to sustain your quality of life for 30 plus years looks like. That number once again, 833-673-7373. Brian, we're out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time, but most of all, I want to thank our listeners for joining us here in the Greater Puget Sound. Don't miss a show by subscribing to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, wherever you get your podcast. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great weekend and remember, stay well-rooted.
0: avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes.
1: DST investments are only available to accredited investors and offered solely through the issuers offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Madrona Financial and CPAs is a registered trade name used singly and collectively for the affiliated entities Madrona Financial Services LLC, Madrona, and Bauer Evans Inc. PC, Bauer Evans. Investment advisory services are provided through Madrona. CPA services are provided through Bauer Evans.